You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Let's buckle up for this one. All right. I've got my seatbelt buckled right now. This one might not, um, let's just say, this is going to be about the healthcare system, mm-hmm. kind of. So we all know that the healthcare, oh, by the way, welcome Ingrid. Oh, hey, high five. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Good job. I'm here. You're here. We're it's ready. A, it's a hot day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we all know that the healthcare system in Canada and probably globally, I'm, I haven't done the research on global healthcare stats, uh, but we all know that the healthcare system in Canada and New Brunswick is suffering, and it has been suffering for many, many years. And this, this is even prior to COVID, right? I've seen the stats every winter that hospitals are over capacity during their flu season. Like that, that was true well before COVID. Pre-COVID, we heard these same stories that doctors and nurses, they're all overworked. There's not enough beds. Wait times are long. These are things that we've we've always heard. It's just that when COVID came around, it was like putting gas on a fire. Mm. It was just an accelerant. It threw everything to the forefront. We and we're seeing the results of that now. I know you work with a few um, people that work in the hospital. Mm-hmm. What have been some stories that you've kind of heard about the hospital? Yeah. Oh gosh! It's kind of the the situation. Um, that just that in. things are really busy and really stressful, and constantly raining down on the staff. They just, you know, there's not enough staff in our healthcare system to look after the people that need care. Yeah, that's basically the bottom line about what I'm hearing. I mean, I hear lots of things, but. I hear that it's very busy. Wait times are crazy. Things are understaffed and people have never been unhealthier. What's that doing to them, the nurses and the doctors? Uh, bringing them to the point where they probably also need medical attention, which sucks. You know, a lot of stress. Um less time for them to actually take care of themselves. I've seen lots of uh first responders and and uh, hospital workers say, hey, you know, I'm working crazy shifts. We can't keep up with the demands. So um, I'm just going to I'm just going to bail on myself for a little while because I need to take care of these other people. And, you know, we all know that that's that's not that's not sustainable. No, it's we see if you look at the trajectory of where this is headed, it's not going to the good direction <laughs> we're headed for disaster folks we yeah. can see it coming a mile away so then that brings us to the next point who's to blame like we don't we always look for somebody to blame when something goes wrong like if there's a car accident we want to know who caused it the insurance companies want to know who was at fault who's to blame if there was arson who lit the fire these are criminal things, right? Sure. Like, and, and we need to know those for, you know, to press charges and to, to kind of bring justice uh, to the forefront here. But hospitals are bursting at the seams and there are people literally dying in the waiting rooms. Yes. So who's at fault? So Kevin, this I, is a real chicken or egg, of course. I don't want you to answer the question. I'm not it gonna. Was, There's no answer. Right now. There, well, there isn't an answer. 
So this episode is not going to be what you think it is. I'm not going to sit here and blame the doctors and nurses for not doing enough (laughs) because we all know that they're working as hard as they can with limited resources, with limited time to get anything done. Like I've, I've heard of doctors and nurses literally just not being able to eat. Right. I I can't eat. Or if they do, if they are eating, it's in the door in in between a door frame, like Mm -hmm. between going to the next person. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and blame doctors and nurses. And I'm not even going to blame the government, even though it would be very easy to do that. Sure. There is a lot, a lot that they could do right now with the stroke of a pen to make a difference that they're not doing, but I'm not going to blame them because when you put blame on others, you take the blame away from yourself. So we have little to no control over what other people do. We do have control over who we vote into these political offices. So we have some say, but not total control. But what we do have 100% control over is what we do personally. So I'm going to, there's going to be a little guessing game here and the listeners, <laughs> I know you love guessing games. I hate guessing games. I'll let the listeners here maybe try to guess as well. So I'll give a little bit of a pause here. Okay. Here are some alarming stats. This, these are from, for the, from the healthcare system in general. I bet some of the doctors and nurses that are listening would probably be able to ring these off pretty quick. Oh no. You're going to ask me what I think the stats are. Yeah. Oh great. Oh, I got to hide the sheet. Yeah. Here. Well, yes, I'll try and cheat. So what percentage of people in New Brunswick are overweight or obese? Um, 70%. You are dead on. <gasps> I never guess numbers right. Okay. It's, it's just over 70%. And that stat was from, uh, 2020 actually. I was gonna, I was thinking you were going to say it was low. And what do we know about what happened over COVID with people's weight? You heard of the freshman 15, right? Yeah. Well, it's like the COVID 25. Yeah. That's a real thing. Right. So mm-hmm. we, we know that's. Just past COVID, like over that year, the first year, people's weight have definitely gone up. We, we've seen it. Um, so it's probably higher than that now. We're, we're two years after that stat was brought forward. So it's probably over 70%. That's a big number. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What percentage of people in New Brunswick have at least one chronic disease? 40%. Higher. Oh, shit. Uh, 55%. A little higher. It's 61%. Wow. Have at least one. That's of the total population. Total population. That includes age zero to age whatever, 100 and whatever is the oldest person you run with. That's another high All ages, 61% have at least one chronic disease. That's messed up. The, so this is a true or false. <laughs> okay. It's, this is the easiest question here. <laughs> true or false. Are we going to see the next generation with a shorter lifespan than their parents? That's a yes or no. That's not a true or false. Okay. True or false. We are going to see a generation with a shorter lifespan than their parents. True? Yeah. Uh, why? See previous stats. <laughs> But how can that be possible when we know so much about what to do? We don't do it. Why not? Right. 
Right. Okay. That's what we'll t- touch on uh, later on here. Okay. But that's, to me, that's crazy. Like the lifespan of people have gone up considerably right. since the dawn of time. Right. Right. Now, so now I we're do at have the point a little, where it's sinking. Yes. And I have a little like side note to that. The reason it's increased is because of the advances in medical technology. We are able to keep people alive longer as a result of the medical advances that we've made in over the last you know few decades, right? Sure. Um, we're not dying from the same things that we were dying from 100, 200, 300 years ago. But I don't think we are any healthier than those people. I, I think our lifespan has increased, but our health span has decreased. Agreed. That could be a whole other well, episode. Yeah. Well, I'm reading The Comfort Crisis, so it's a big thing. Yeah, in it, that. Ta- it talks about it that. It does talk there. about it a lot. One last stat. Uh-oh. How much money does New Brunswick alone spend on health care for just our province? And this stat came from 2020 as well. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. Um... I'm not even going to give you like a hint. It's a big number. It's like in the billions of dollars. It's like $2 billion. Double that. <gasps> Four billion? $4.6 billion in New Brunswick spent on healthcare. And that was in 2020. Oh my I God. bet it's higher now. In okay. Canada alone, 2021, it was $308 billion. I don't know if people like, I already know this is a fact, but people don't realize how big billion is compared to a million. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even know what a million, like, mm-hmm. if I said put out a million dollars and lay it out on the floor, you would not have enough floor no. to lay lay them all out to see all the bills. Mm-hmm. Billions, it's not, you can't, you can't fathom how much money that is. I certainly can't. Anyway. Wow. So those are the stats. Thanks for playing my game. Uh, now we're I gonna... don't feel so bad about myself, actually. <laughs> your, guesses, your guesses were pretty spot on. They're actually really good. Um, now, the next part. What I, my opinion, but because we're in this health and fitness space, I feel that we live in a bubble. It's like in CrossFit Moncton, we're surrounded by people who are generally fit, mm-hmm. who want to improve who are interested in changing the way they move, the way they eat, the way they feel, the way they manage things. We don't really see the people that smoke two packs a day. Right. Okay. We, we, we don't, don't, we don't we, see the average population here. Right. Okay. We don't see the people that drink three liters of Pepsi per day or that go to McDonald's or eat fast food for two meals a day. We just, we don't really see those people because they're not, those aren't the people that are in here. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Oh, man. I guess we try to expand our scope a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. It, messaging is, is a part of it, I'm sure. But then that comes down to government agencies. And again, we don't, we don't control what they do. I believe what we need to do is just take personal responsibility for our own health. That's really it. Again, you... Hmm. You are the only one that you have 100% control over. You control your thoughts, your behaviors, your actions. Like you, you, you control that. Now, I'm not saying it's 
sexy and it's not fun and it's definitely not easy to do, but it is necessary. And if we want to be healthy and have a healthy society and have a healthcare system that can function properly, if we all focus only on ourselves, we can make a massive difference. Wow. It sounds so simple. Again, simple, but, but not, easy. not easy. Right. Right. So what do we do to take, okay. To be. For, before we dive into those, mm-hmm. I think it's, all right, backstory. Mm-hmm. Why, why does my mom do CrossFit? Your mom does does CrossFit because a few things happened in her life that made her realize that she wasn't... Too far. You're going too far into it. She does it because I do. That's not true. It is. Okay. If I wasn't doing it, if I didn't influence her, I don't think she would be here. Sure. Right? Right. I had Stacy in earlier. Mm -hmm. Her mom would not be here if her kids didn't do CrossFit. No. So personal responsibility can actually influence others around you not force not coerce nothing like that but that when you start to make positive changes what happens to the people around you they notice damn right man i watched it was amazing it was a i think i saved it actually it was on instagram it was a little kid had a hard time talking so it was like very very young and he was like daddy I want some protein powder. I want a protein shake. And then dad's like, why? Because I want big muscles like you. <laughs> Kids are watching this. Yes. They watch you. And that's what I love about this gym is that people bring their kids with them and the kids get to see their parents working out. That's how you make change. You be a role model for others. And that's what I tried to do when I was a teacher too. I would bring in my lunches and I would not eat in the staff room. I would eat in the, in the gymnasium and other kids were there and they would see what I eat. And I had this kid later, years later say, you know, those conversations that you had while we were eating lunch in the gym had a huge impact on me and it changed the way I eat for the rest of my life. I didn't know it at the time, but like that's what happens. And you're never going to know. You might not know. You might. But chances are you're never going to know the influence that you'll have on no. somebody else. You only ever know a small, small percentage of how you affect other people. Like you mentioned the other day, you, were, you came in and Anderson came in. Yeah. Right? Yep. He just came with me. And, he, and what? He did some stuff. He wanted to do all the things. Yeah. So while I was here working out, he spent his time working out, which was really cool. Right. Yep. And that's why we have a CrossFit Kids program. Like we got to start... We got to start them young. Start leading by example. Childhood obesity is a real thing. Yeah. Right? So what can we do to combat that? We can be the example. Sure. And and you can only go so far with telling your children what to do or what, right? Like anybody, anybody who you tell what they should be doing isn't really going to, you know, accept that as readily as seeing it for themselves and seeing the changes that it makes in your life and then wanting that for themselves. You'll get a ton of pushback when you try to force somebody into something. Absolutely. Nobody wants to be told. That's the same thing. I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but you know, if you yell, yell and scream at your kids, what are you going to get back? You're not going to be like, they're not going to just say, Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's not how it works. Yeah. Stop crying. It's stupid. Oh, okay. Thanks mom. Yeah. 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 Oh, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) 
You have to use influence. You have to use that support. When they see you being patient in those times, they take that. When they see you going out and looking after yourself, they internalize those things. They remember. Okay. Hopefully. Back on track. Yeah, and hopefully. Here's the deal. If you set up expectations that they will change, not only will they be hurt, but so will you, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're going to take that on and be like, well, I didn't do everything I could have done or no. what, what could I have done differently? Nothing. You just keep focusing on you. Go internal, focus on the things that you can control and you can hope and wish that it influence others, but you can't guarantee it. No. So get that, get that out of your head right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back on track here. How do we now take personal responsibility? What are the things that we can do to bring those numbers down, right? The yeah. 70% overweight and obese, the 61% with chronic disease, the spending of $4.6 billion on healthcare. We want to see our kids with a longer lifespan than their parents. Sure. So what can we do? Here's number one. Avoid tobacco and excessive alcohol consumption, period. Really? Imagine that. Oh, never heard that before. <laughs> I mean, they've tried to influence others um, by putting warnings on the cigarette labels and graphic photos. I'm not, actually not sure what the the outcome was on that. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I wonder if they have a statistic on so they're still sales do- went down after they they're that. still doing it oh so i'm wondering if they're still doing it like if something didn't work would they be smart smart enough to do something differently well are they really trying to get people off cigarettes i don't know so that's a whole other podcast yeah yeah but this is going outside of what the regulations mm-hmm. are and more internal control. Mm-hmm. So my, my, both of my parents uh, were smokers and both quit. How did they do it? You're asking me? Yeah. Do you know how they did it? I don't know. Mom tried every trick and hack under the sun. She did the pink peppermints. She did the nicotine gum. Okay. Uh, there was a beeper thing at one point. Have you ever seen one of those? No. I know there's a patch. Yeah. So they both did. I think they both did the patch. I know my dad did. Um, But there was this little, (laughs) is this little beeper thing. Isn't that like the size of a credit card or something? And uh, it would just go off at random intervals throughout the day. Well, actually it wasn't random. It was very controlled. And it would tell you when you could have a cigarette. But then the intervals got longer and longer until you were down to like two or three or whatever, right? Hardly any at all. Okay. She get into like week, I don't know, three or four or five, and then just be like, "That's stupid," and then start back up again. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So, but I I mentioned earlier she quit. She did. So how'd she do it? She decided. I was just gonna say, I was a smoker once too, and I always say to people, "You're never gonna quit until you decide you have to do it, or you want no, you want not to. that you have to do it. That's messed up." That you want to do it. The desire has to be there. And I've seen people, Correct. you know, try to quit for other people or, you know. It might work, but chances are it's not going to last. No, you have to decide for yourself. Otherwise, it's futile. Yep. Yeah. So that is that is the answer. You need, Decide and do you it. You need to want to. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, it's not going to happen. Right. Period. Right? And then that goes for the same with the excessive alcohol consumption. Yep. You have to want to. 
right? Now, for me, it started with a challenge. Like I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could go for like 30 days and then till my birthday and then till June. And then it just kept going and it's two and a half, over two and a half years now. Right. Um, That's motivating to you. Streaks are motivating to streaks. you. I love streaks. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a big deal to you to be able to say it's been longer and longer. Like those people with their sobriety, you know, things. Yeah. And, you know, it's a big deal. It's a milestone. It's true. Um, and then the other part of that is having social support. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging to give up uh, smoking and to give up alcohol just on your own, by yourself. Yeah, without having someone to reach out to, to at least bounce your feelings yeah. off of or, you know, your crazies or help you just even just sort of, you know, re reset a little bit. And that's why groups like the, the AA groups exist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They exist for a reason because they work. They help keep people accountable. They help with support. And so that's it. Find, find people around you that are also trying and, and, and to do the same thing. Yeah. All right. It's hard to ask for help. I just want to say it's really hard for people to ask for help, especially with something as difficult and personal to people as quitting smoking is. Um, We started this out by saying none of this is sexy, fun or easy. I'm not saying that none of this is easy. It's very simple stuff, but definitely not easy. But you need to make that personal decision. Do you want to be healthier? That's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. I would love. Not only do I want to live longer, I want to live longer as capable as I can. If I were to smoke, drink, have high stress, never sleep, eat terribly and never exercise, well, I might live long, but it won't be well. Nope. So be capable. Number two, eating nutritious foods most of the time. Now, why did I say it that way? Well, because you don't want people to think that good nutrition is an all or nothing thing because they're setting themselves up for failure that way. You know it. I do. I know it. It's like you've heard this this (laughs) message before. (laughs) True. True. Eat nutritious food most Most of the time. Most of the time. Does that mean? So you didn't tell people to stop drinking. You said excessive alcohol consumption. There are, there's give and take to some of this stuff. Yep. And so what I'm not saying is eliminate anything saying get rid of or, or completely knock it out of your diet. Just eat nutritious foods most of the time. Can you have a cookie? Sure. Can you have a bag of chips? Sure. Should you have those every meal of every day? No, because then you're not eating nutritious food most of the time. Right. It's that easy. It's that easy. <laughs> so what, what does nutritious food look like? Hmm. Cause that's very broad. Well, it, it can start with something as easy as, do I want to eat a cookie? Yes, but I'm going to just choose something slightly better instead. So what's that mean? It just means one-upping your decisions a little bit. So, yeah, I'm, okay. Or, or it could mean eating one cookie instead of two, really. But right. um, so the, just saying, two, you know, those could, are the could two I do things. better? The two things that you can control with your food is quality quality and quantity and quantity yep perfect if you are unable to control the quality of your food let's say you're at a work conference and there's a buffet and that's all they have okay well you don't control the quality or you might right but you do have control over how much you're going to eat do you have to go back for seconds and thirds no probably not right 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 
Um, can you choose to take a smaller plate versus a bigger plate? hundred percent. Yes. So these are all the things, but again, it goes back to, do you want to, do you want to do that? Right. How important is it to you? Number three, exercise regularly. Ooh, define regularly. Not every day, Doesn't but mean. it could be. Could be. I actually think that we should be active every day, not necessarily exercise every day. Yes. I think the body should be moved on a daily basis. 100%. Yes. I use your quote there. 100%. <laughs> I got it from you. <laughs> so what, what does exercise look like? Anything that you will do that you enjoy consistently. That can be anything. It could be CrossFit. could be yoga. could be uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It could be um, wakeboarding. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like literally could be anything that you will do consistently that you enjoy. Great. And you're going to do it consistently if you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, you're probably not going to stick around. I really like doing CrossFit because I like how I feel not during, <laughs> but after the workouts, I feel pretty damn good. And I feel accomplished. Like I did something hard and challenging. And that's that feeling that I kind of go for afterwards. And then I know that I'm going to get benefits from it long term. I'm being building my capability uh, for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. Now, the active part is just getting outside, I think. Like it, it, I think it has to be outside in order for it to be truly effective and beneficial for you because it's going to okay. play into another aspect which comes up later. Okay. Are we talking about fresh air and the mental health pa package? Okay. That's I'm, one not, of my I'm nodding my head. Sorry. One of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> one of my favorite things to talk about. Okay. So yeah, let's get, let's get into that then. So I after exercising regularly, it's managing stress. Okay. I believe that is one of the... Um, major contributing factors to the decline in our population's health. Agreed. And if you are able to better manage your stress, you are less likely to use alcohol or tobacco mm -hmm. to manage or cope. Mm -hmm. You are more likely to exercise regularly. Mm -hmm. You are more likely to eat nutritiously if you are less stressed or if mm -hmm. you're managing your stress properly. Mm -hmm. I believe it's one of the main underlying factors for improving your life. Awesome. Um, I'll take it a little step further and say the people that develop and practice certain skills are going to be um, a lot more likely to keep, manage their stress levels without things like smoking, eating, binging, whatever, whatever those things are. So what are those skills that you're referring to? Um, there are many. One would be, you know, uh, oh my gosh, noticing and naming what's bothering you, um, breathing exercises, um, getting outside is a really, really big one. Um, meditation. Yeah. Meditation could be re you know, it could be lots of things. Anything that brings you, um, uh, around, Ooh, let's say. I have a great one that people don't, don't often consider What? giving someone a hug. Aww. Did you know that? Yes. It's one of, it will drop. They me, they uh, measured cortisol levels in people pre and post hugging, and it dropped it considerably. Oh, Just a hug. It's crazy. All right. Simple. And I'm a hugger. And easy. Yeah. Woo. So if you're feeling stressed, just come to the gym and hug Ingrid. Stay away from me. 
but definitely hug Ingrid. She'll, uh, she'll, she'll I'm here for that. you. <laughs> I'm a custom deluxe hugger. I've been told. There you go. Yeah. So look, it literally just happened the last two mornings. Did it not? When you and Ronnie saw each other and he picked you up and swung you around. He did. How did that make you feel? It makes me feel great. Right. And we've agreed to do it every day now. <laughs> <laughs> Candace came in this morning and said, hey, Ronnie didn't pick you up and swing you around. And I was like, oh, that's true. He didn't. And then he came up and said, hey, I forgot my hug. I felt instantly better. I bet he did too. <laughs> Ron- Ronnie comes in. He's kind of like, I don't know. What would you describe him as when he walks in? Um, Grumpy cat. Okay. I was going to say like very bland. Yeah. Okay. You know, just kind of like. He just kind of walks in and walks does in. his thing. Yeah. Kind of shuffles his feet a little here, there, like I'm um, here. Warming and then, up into the day. As soon as he does that, it's different. You see his face. Yeah. It just lights up. Okay. <laughs> Give people hugs to manage your stress. Yes. Last one here. And I think it's one of the more important ones because it, it affects everything else and it's getting enough uh, quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Now CrossFit built this or created this, what they call it the hierarchy of fitness. And at their base, they put nutrition because they believe that if your nutrition is off, nothing above that can really go well. And the things above that are your, your workouts or your metabolic conditioning, your gymnastic style movements, your weightlifting. And then at the top of it is your uh, life and sport, right? A lot of people flip that. They spend most of their time, you know, targeted or working on life and sport things and less on the nutrition. It's completely backwards. I believe there's a subcategory to that, which is sleep. Because if your sleep is off, if you're not sleeping enough, your nutrition will also be off. As a result of your feeding window is is bigger. If you're awake longer, you're more likely to eat. And if you're eating more than you should be, you're in a calorie surplus and you're going to gain excess weight. Yeah. So that's, that's the simple part. Now, what can we do to help get enough sleep, quality sleep? Oh. Well, we can look, have a look at our sleep environment. Like what? Um, the darkness and temperature of your room. Um, so pitch black is, is ideal. I like pitch black. I hear it's probably the best for your brain shutting down. Um, and speaking of light, of course, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, blue light and, and looking at screens before you go to bed. So it's really important to shut those down. Uh, I would say as far ahead as you can. I think, you know, statistics and science always recommend something like 30 minutes or more. Yeah, you'll you'll get a, a thumbs up for 30 minutes. Yeah. You'll get a gold star if it's over an hour before. Yeah. yeah. Um, I find that one difficult. So I've actually set a reminder on my phone Love when it. It, I go to bed at the same time every night. So at the same time every night previous to that, it's put down the phone time. Um Gosh, there are so many. Doing something kind of relaxing kind or of, something unwinding. Sure. Uh, a warm, warm bath, bath or something. Yeah. <laughs> I do that every night. Reading, mm-hmm. yoga, meditation, anything that kind of brings your body back to like a relaxed state yes. is kind of ideal. Yeah. And you actually mentioned mm-hmm. it is the number one um, predictor of quality sleep. Scheduling. Consistent bedtime. Yeah. That's it. If you go to bed at the same time, and this includes weekends, not just Monday through Friday, like you weekday dieters out there. 
Um, if you go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time consistently, seven days a week, that is the biggest predictor of high quality sleep. You will get more um, deep sleep than you will if you go to bed inconsistently. It's funny that you say that because I've had a bit of a sleepless week, but I was going to comment to you that since establishing a really solid um, sleep routine for myself, I, always, I go to bed at nine o'clock. Um, I find that even if I'm in bed less hours, the sleep that I get is quality because I'm getting it at the same time and doing it the same ways every night. Like quality it comment. It works. Yeah. Yeah. There are tons of other things that we could talk about here, <laughs> but we won't get into it. Okay. But these are all things that we have 100% control over. Avoiding tobacco and excess alcohol, eating nutritious foods most of the time, exercising regularly, getting enough sleep and managing stress. Less than 10% of people exercise regularly and eat nutritious foods most of the time consistently. Less than 10%. That's a shocking number. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And those are like most of those people, those are the people that we see in the gym, right? Day in and day out. Those are those 10% people. We all still struggle with it. Don't get me wrong, but we if we see you here consistently, you're probably eating fairly well. You're, you're in the 10%, the top 10%. There are 90% of people out there that are not doing what you're doing right now. So how do we reach them? We influence. We have a bring a friend day huh. <laughs> so that we can help bring people in and actually show them and have them feel what we do. Um, but again, what we mentioned at the start, are you eating well around the people that you love? And if you do, you're more likely to influence the way they eat. But if you choose to go for takeout and you bring that home to your kids, guess what? They're going to continue to do that yeah. when they're older, right? Yeah. So if we want to see a change in our healthcare system, we need to start looking within, within ourselves. We need to take personal responsibility for our health because I believe it's one of the only ways that we will be able to make a true difference in our suffering healthcare system. That's great. I actually had a quote up on the board a few weeks ago that people commented on, and I didn't expect anyone to comment on, honestly, because I just kind of threw it up there. But it said, treat yourself like someone you love. And a few people said, holy cow, I never thought about it like that before. And I said, well, great, like share that with me. And they said, it's funny because when, you know, I'm feeding my family, I'm thinking about feeding my family or I'm thinking about doing something with my family, I sometimes will make better choices when I'm making the choices for the group. But when it's just me by myself, I don't look after myself that well. Or if I'm not cooking for the family, I'm just going to eat some shit. Yeah. You know, um, so treat yourself like one of those people that you really want to take care of and live longer. Take some of your own advice, perhaps. If I can find a link for it, I'm going to share a video, but it was the, um, oh, he's a famous actor. I can't think of his name. Uh, he was in that, there were two guys in jail and they were trying to break out. Oh God, Kevin. Uh, Woodworth, Wentworth. can't remember his name. You're not giving anyway. me enough. I'll sh I'll, if I can find the link, I'll share it. But <laughs> okay. he said basically what you said. But if I talked to my, if I talked to my friends the, the way, way I, I talked talk to myself, myself, I would have no friends. Yes, that was his quote. And it's like yes. you need to the way you talk to yourself, and as you said, the way you 
nourish yourself and the way you treat yourself and your own body impacts you greatly. And so you would talk to and want to treat others and feed others the best way possible. So turn that around. 100%. I like it. I like it. And you're going to be able to look after those people even better if you do it. All right. Thanks for joining us. This was supposed to be a shorter episode. Oh, no. How long is it? Uh, Like 36 minutes. Oh, dear. (laughs) That's what happens when we just start chatting. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully you get something out of this. And if you know somebody that's not in that 10% that might be influenced or maybe feel supported by this podcast, please share it with them. Um, I hope they wouldn't take it personally, but they would take it as a, um, a sign of support and encouragement because that's where this has to come from. It can't come from force and, and coercion. It has to come from support and caring. So if we come to, a, come to them with that mindset, maybe we can actually make a difference. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.